Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Good morning, everyone, and hello. I'm Dr. Cam, and today I'm joined by Rish Mitra. And Rish is the founder of Dads and Deadlifts. And I love talking to Rish because he is one of the most enthusiastic dads I've ever met. <laughs> and you have such an amazing message because it's all about men and being like just leaning into being a dad and how to use that. And I want to get started with you, but I want to just preface it with, I've talked to a lot of dads that, especially when their kids become teens and especially when they're, they, they start feeling like they don't have a role anymore and they kind of start backing off and focusing on, I'm here to support them financially and mom will raise them. And so I just, I really want to talk to you about how to lean in as a dad. So welcome, Rish. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Yeah. Happy New Year. And uh, I'm really excited. So tell us first of all about Dads and Deadlifts and kind of your story behind that and how you got started in that. Um, so, you know, it's it's funny because I, I have been asked this question so many times and I think like I'm still evolving. Uh, but uh, finally, I think I'm at a point where you know, Stoics called, and I'm a big fan of uh, believer in Stoicism, and uh, they call it like, you know, sometimes we all have to know who we are, and uh, when someone asks you, who you, who are you, what's your really answer, our subjective answer is always very, like, surface level most of the time, because I used to be that guy, oh, I'm rich, and I, I'm an engineer, I do this, I do that, um, but really, um, through my pain and trauma over the last, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and uh, right around when my son was born, um, I realized I, that uh, through my healing journey that I'm a dad. I, I really am. I don't enjoy and I don't say it to just to mean it. I, I actually just to say it, I really mean it. Like I, I feel like I find myself so much present in the now when I'm with my kid, when I'm mm -hmm. with my son and with other kids. So I, I think like that's basically how everything is, has started. But I was... You know, in a rocky marriage, and um, when my son was born, as it happens with a lot of fathers, which I know now, back then I didn't, uh, we get into the zone like, what's our role? Because mm -hmm. no one really teaches us our role. No. Or you're you're supposed to be a father, and you just take care of uh, the mother, and uh, you know, for six months. Uh, at the end of the day, you're also a human being, and uh, there are questions, there are concerns, and like we don't. And coupled with all the social stigma that I, I raise awareness about man up and we should keep it to ourselves. And you don't have any platform. We don't have any place to talk to. And uh, yes, I mean, therapists and counselors are there. But when you are new parent, barely getting like a couple of hours of sleep, I mean, everything goes out the window. You're constantly rescheduling everything. Um, so having said that, that's when I realized like, you know, I was getting addicted to alcohol. Because, uh, I mean, I was already, me and my ex were not in a very good place. And now we have this kid. 
and um, so and then of course when I reach out to my friends they would be like I just man up it's mm. okay it's part of it right and that's how it all started and uh, my son was I think six months six and seven months old and first time he called me Dara and I was drunk mm. and um, and that's when it hit me like something needs to change and uh, so of course as we all do we we, we men we are raised like that like sports and uh, go and run and you know like all these uh, things and I, I joined CrossFit and I started working out I started taking my anger my frustration whatever you want to call it all those negative emotions uh, and it was it's helpful but at the end of the day you still have to take care of this mm -hmm. your mind and um, so I started you know getting back into meditation and these are the things that I've always done that but that's what questioned me like if a person like me who weren't who was into self-improvement for 13 years and i had done tony robbins unleash the power within date with destiny you know walked on fire and all that if i slip like that there are people who don't even have the resources mm -hmm. so i started researching and, and the numbers started like I, I could see the numbers and it started getting scarier scarier for me i'm like wow i mean like 70 percent of all suicides are men um 51 of men are any given point of time emotionally and sexually abused mm. every nine minutes a kid in america is sexually abused and i have been a sexual abuse survivor and that's another thing that happened during all this time one day i just felt like you know really not feeling well uh, while i was uh, with my son and come to find out working through my counselor that all the trauma of unhealed trauma of sexually being abused as a kid came back because as a father now my body is like go on a fight or flight mode basically which i didn't even know so it's all sorts of revelation over the last you know two years and learning and um and uh, that's when i really started i'm like okay i'm gonna create uh, how many people are there and share their stories and create a soundboard and platform for people uh, that you are not alone uh, and uh, there are people like that and uh, and that's when i started uh, researching and looking for and that's how the platform started, podcast, and it kind of now blew into um, a book. I'm uh, finishing, I'm this close to finishing up, and uh, it's it's supposed to release mid this year, Man Up, uh, different approach for a different era. And uh, now it's the, there's a foundation, Dads and Deadlist Foundation. So it just kind of, 2020 just like kind of- rolling, just, yeah. Just rolling, and you know, and I, I think it's needed because I'm gaining the momentum and I'm seeing the need. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the need that there is a void in this space, in this platform. And not just about raising awareness about men. It's also understanding that how these social stigmas are affecting our girls and our women too. Because yeah. if it's, it's not us versus them, it's together, right? Like it's always that it's not me or you, it's, it's me and you. And, uh, if men are not present, if boys are not speaking up, if men are objectifying women, because that's just how, if that's how we are raised, yeah, uh, that's exactly what the other side is facing too. So uh, to have that clarity for the boys and men and give them that tools, give them those tools and personal development, young age uh, will definitely help them and uh, kind of, give them the direction and break that stigma and break that yeah. cycle. So 
you talk about this man up, the concept of man up, and I know we've talked a little bit about this before too, and I think this is so important. And I was telling you, I was talking to, I talked to my niece a while, a few weeks ago about gender roles and, you know, breaking free from these. And you talk a lot about that from the guy's perspective of right. what we expect from boys and how that's impacting them because we do box them in, right? We have these expectations of what they're supposed to be. So talk a little bit about how do we approach and help our boys be more authentic and true to themselves in this world and society where they have these different expectations? Yeah, so the first things first is understanding the problem, right? Like I talk about in my book, um, there's like different areas I talk about. And one of the step I talk about, because I am, I kind of started working on myself and really the book is about like taking the readers through the journey of how I healed and took the actions because you have to first acknowledge the problem. A lot of people don't understand, and I, I wrote in my book too, it's not about the experience. That means when I say experience, I mean like, say for example, I went through a sexual abuse because I kept my mouth shut. It's not about the experience. It's about what you learn from that experience that matters. That means I, I, I had to understand, I had to sit down and break it down. Like I'm 37 years old back then, now I'm 39. All these years, it didn't occur to me that, like, I didn't even think too much about it. Mm -hmm. Was it there? Sure, probably. I mean, I, I was just a happy-go-lucky guy. It hit me until my son was born. And there's, there's that thing about, like, trauma stays in your body. It, it yeah. stays in the DNA, and it's been proven. It's scientifically proven. And... So the first thing I talk about is calm. Like, I know, like, I used to hate the word when people would tell me as a kid, like, calm down, calm down. And I actually, I have this thing about, like, taking everything that I get pain from, and I actually use it as my purpose. So I actually took this word, and I was really kind of, the, the, I talked this in my book, too, is, like, calm. Like, first, you got to see is communicate. You have to communicate to yourself if it's your own problem. That means for me, when I, the way I communicate is I write. Mm -hmm. So, for example, to answer your question, for anyone who's listening and then they're facing this challenge, like, okay, I don't have anyone to talk to, or I feel like I'm in boxed in this, like boys don't cry. Right. Even for, even for women, you know, mm -hmm. um, you got to sit down and communicate the problem. If you're young, communicate with your parents. Uh, if you're, if you have a good friend, communicate with them. If not, then the best thing I say, communicate with yourself. That's probably the most important part that we miss all the time is like people underestimate journaling and i think that journaling mm -hmm. is one of the best thing to so do powerful. it's your own meditation it's your own self-care you're talking to yourself and that's very much needed because you are actually creating we talk to ourselves all day long but when we actually write the problem uh you give life to the problem you can see it and so that's the first thing i do uh like you know communicate the problem to yourself like okay just write it down don't think too much about it and it may look like uh my friends didn't understand me Okay. Second is A, which is accountability. You have to understand like really brutally honest, what's your part in the problem. That means what kind of accountability you have. Like sometimes you will see like you only have only 1%, you have nothing. So then you know for a fact, if it's outside your control, then there's no point trying to fix it. 
that's where you get into anxiety mode. That's where you get into depression. That's where you get into in your head. Mm-hmm. So if it's your outside your control, no matter how many times you go about it, you cannot solve the problem. So you can at least see it. And now if you see that, okay, I have 3%, 10%, 50% accountability to the problem, the next is lean in. That this is where I talk about, like, take yourself outside the box. When you're inside that box, when you're inside the problem, mm-hmm. that's your emotions controlling the problem. So that's why we go to therapist. That's why we go to coach, because that third-party perspective is needed. Yeah. But at the same time, to deal with day-to-day issues day-to-day problems and the stigmas and on the moment decision the right decision that can help you you need to also learn from that tool that i need to be my own third party sometime like i need to step out of the problem see the problem as a bigger picture like okay so this is what's going on here is my role and this is the main problem mm-hmm. And just start writing it down. And you might see, even in accountability and this lean-in phase, which I call analyze phase, there, like your accountability statement might start changing. Your problem might be like, okay, my friends are not understanding me. And then accountability statement, you are taking the responsibility on yourself. You might start writing like, my friends didn't understand me because I didn't communicate well. Okay, then there you go. Like, you know, then there's a problem. You, you, need, you need to speak up or you need to communicate more. And then the leaning phase, analyze phase, you are really digging deep, like, you know, you're breaking down the problem that, okay, so if I have a communication problem, how can I help? Why do I have a communication problem? Why can I not communicate with my parents, my friends? Is this something I'm thinking? Is this something they had done to me? So write those things down. And then M is the mitigate the problem is basically lowering the effect on yourself right? Because if you're in the problem, if you feel that that vision of the problem is so big, created by our own narrative, it's Mm -hmm. hard to even think about that problem in chunks. So basically, you're really breaking that problem down in leaning phase, and you try to come up with ideas how how to mitigate the problem, which is now invite the people who are involved in it in that circle and talk to them like, look, I feel this way. Yeah. I that's my feeling. How do you feel? How do you know? It's a communication at the end of the day. So to answer your question, that's, that's probably my biggest tool that I did is there are things that I faced. I had to communicate that to me in journal. And then I had to reach out and I had to openly tell the guys, like, you know, I feel now at 37, 38, uh, I feel that uh, this thing came up and I know you did this to me. And um, I forgive you uh, because that's, that was my closure. That had to be my closure. And, uh, and then you take that, whatever your accountability was, that means I didn't speak up. Why did I didn't speak up? Because I'd been told to shut up. Yeah. So this is just, you just have to start breaking down each problem one by one. And of course, reach out, reach out to people. There are always people like, you know, open up, like a lot of people I think doesn't open up to counselors is because there's always that fear that if I open up too much, they might think like I'm at a risk. Yeah. And then the institution and, you know, other authorities might get involved. So a lot of people that because of that doesn't open up. So this is why as parents, 
we have to give them, I know we and you and I talked about it on my podcast too, is um, you have to give that safe space to your kid. And this is why, I mean, I, I think a lot of people think like, you know, it's me doing it. I think like, it's really me, less me doing it. I'm just reacting to what he's doing and I'm just going along for the ride. So one of the things too, with you've got this calm, you know, and a way to really address it. And I think there's still this gap between getting in touch with our feelings and journaling about it and the man up concept of, you know, helping boys even get in touch with their feelings and showing that that's okay. And I think mm -hmm. that's a really, you know, where I see it is, I think for boys, it seems to be okay to be angry. So a lot of times they take every emotion they have and turn it into anger and push yes. the wall, right? And girls, it's the opposite. We're not really allowed to get angry. We're allowed to get sad. So we take all of our emotions and we cry, right? Right. So, but then it's not really the right outlet or a healthy outlet. outlet. And so from the perspective of parents helping their sons accept and express and validate their emotions. Yes. How do we do this when we're, most of us as adults are coming from the place still, it's so ingrained in us that that's not okay. Right. It's still in our minds, not okay for boys to cry. Mm -hmm. How do we, how do we pull that together? It, it's a very difficult question because it's not going to be answered in, uh, you know, in, in one day or just by one initiative, you know, like this is where it's tough. It's tough. This is where you can see. I started a podcast and now I could see the momentum. Even the women is reaching out like, okay, yeah, I mean, this is a worthy cause. Now, the thing is the reason it's a worthy cause because it's a problem. And this problem had been neglected for a long time. And now, as you said, are we better than our previous generation? getting better because of social media because of uh awareness because of our our generation uh, generation uh, next like uh, like uh, after us they are getting involved in social and uh, all of this status and as you said your needs right so is it helpful it's getting better but if you have that knowledge being passed on to you you're gonna your narrative is gonna be solely based on that unless you or we i would say i should say at 40s needs to break the cycle for mm -hmm. our next generation so to answer your question is it easy no is it doable absolutely i mean there's nothing it's 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 not a rocket science it's about understanding our own behavior it's not that we men don't have heart. It's not that like women don't get angry. We have been told to behave in a certain way. So it's a, it's a stigma. It's, it's a cultural evolution and, and a way that we are being told to express ourselves. How do we do it? You really have to take that onus to your, on yourself. Like, okay, I want to change. I want to be that guy who will show up as real as I can be with my son. Yeah. And I told my son, you are my accountability partner. He is three years old. And sometimes when I get angry, he said like, Dada, be nice. 
I'm like, mm -hmm. oh yeah. And then he says, like, take a deep breath. Cause I tell him that, because I, I meditate with him. And then, and then he's like, okay, grumpy time. Right. So this is a new thing that we started. So when I get grumpy, it's like grumpy time. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, so you it's are coming from a three-year-old, not so much a 13-year-old. Sometimes you have, to, you, know, you have to reset how you think about it. Yeah. So I don't know at 13 how it will react. So yet to see, but I can only speak from uh, my toddler point uh, standpoint. But the fact is, Dr. Cam, like it's, it's, if we keep understanding one simple thing that we are all humans and we talk about it, we write quotes about it, we share memes about it, but when it comes to us, we tend to forget that we are all humans. Mm -hmm. And we are being like some, some way in social, sociocultural and ways being taught to behave our in a certain way, but those humans, now those emotions are human emotions. Yeah. Those emotions are not based on genders. We just subdued the anger for our goals. And we decided like, we subdued the tears for our boys. Yeah. It's not that they are not crying. They're crying, they're crying behind closed doors. Yeah, and inside. They're crying inside. Mm -hmm. So and I wrote in my book, like, you know, your inner child is screaming to get out but we are not letting them. So it's, it starts with acknowledging for anything else, like, you know, that I need to change. I mean, I know it sounds easy. It sounds corny. It sounds like that simple. Yeah, it's that simple. But the problem is how many of us are really doing it? Just like new year resolution, right? Like, yeah, let's do it. And then after a month or two, people just mm -hmm. like, oh, Month, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even make resolution anymore. I just like, you know, daily things. It's like, you know, it, it is, it's, it's, I think like that, that's what it comes down to is you can change if you want. You don't need to wait for a year to do that. But that's where I think to answer your question, it's hard. It's very difficult. It's, and messages like these just needs to be shared and shared and shared. And then you just keep pounding and keep hitting uh, the same messages over and over again, you know, because I think like people needs to hear and more and more people understand more and more people realize and hear about this, then they're aware of it. And then they come up like, Oh yeah, maybe I should think about it. Yeah. Cause I, you'll be surprised in last six months, I had thought like no one was talking about it. But once I started looking around social media, I have connected with so many groups run by dads. And uh, we are all coming together collectively too, as, as a group and community, uh, speaking on each other's platforms. And the biggest thing that I found is fear. They're afraid. Mm. And I think it goes to say that how we are trained as a society that to not speak up. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm talking about uh, the specific scenario in terms of man up and boys don't cry because we're conditioned to it since I was, we were kids. Now, are there exceptions? Of course there are exceptions. Uh, there are, ex there always will be exceptions, but majority of it is the fact, it, it's a fact. Even, even if you're adults, even if you are the most vulnerable one, and if you are showing us real all the time, you're going to meet with people. You will have a tribe. You will have friends. You might have friends. They will be like, and then you will, will try to fit in those group. 
So how do you, so there's a lot of dynamics that's not very easy. It's not black and white. It's mm -hmm. not binary. Uh, so there's a lot of work to be done, but one step at a time, I feel like the first thing is to raise, keep raising awareness. There's nothing more valuable than that. Just keep raising awareness for our next generation. And as a parent, I would say, and this is what, as a, you know, from the dad perspective, and of course, from a woman's perspective too, you know, just keep telling our boys, keep telling our girls, it's okay. It's okay to get angry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to get sad. It's okay to be happy. Just show your emotions, but you also then showing them the real you and giving them the permission that it's okay to show up with their emotions and they're not going to be penalized. Now, that's one another thing that you also have to remember as a parent. Like you cannot just go when it's good, when you are in a good mindset, then it's okay. Then you are having a bad day and suddenly your son, you know, kid is crying or, and they are like, Hey, shut up. Why are you crying? Uh, you can, that cannot happen. You have to be very careful with that. And I'm very mindful about that. Like, I think like I used to be like, mm, and then now I stop myself. I'm like, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And then I process. And this is why I'm like, okay, you, you will be my accountability partner. So what I'm really showing him like, Hey, you know, I'm not perfect. Yeah. I'm a man. I, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect and he will not be either. So let's be each other accountability partner. Let's show you that. Just call someone out. If they're being not nice to you, just tell them, hey, you're not being nice to me. So I'm giving him that independence that he can express himself. And at the same time, I'm also having him realize that his dad is not going to be not those uh, dad, like, you know, just saying man up. Yeah. And in turn, he can cry and he, and he expresses himself too. And I could see the difference. So... It's, it's really not an easy answer to answer your question. It's, it's very difficult because all we can do is hope raising awareness and talking and doing seminars and doing sharing messages uh, to grow the community enough and give that safe space to men to understand that. Yeah. And then the difficult task is for them to do it again. As I said, they're afraid. No one wants to, no one wants to be the first one. I was like, that's, oh. that's the big piece of it, Rich, that I'm mm -mm. thinking of is the even desire to do it. And I, you know, one thing I want to just throw in there is the importance of doing this and why we want to change this is because when we're telling our kids that their emotions aren't acceptable, we're telling them that they, as a person, yeah. is not acceptable, that they are broken. And so we start in, you know, we start believing that something's wrong with us and we take that into adulthood, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think for adults, it is so ingrained. And I've talked to parents and they would rather tell their kids not to do something and tell them to stop mm -hmm. feeling the way that they naturally feel for fear that they might be bullied by other people that aren't accepting of it. So they teaching them, change you to fit into other people's expectations and this is not this is not a healthy thing to teach our kids right yeah. is then they're constantly fighting to figure out how do i fit in what do i do me it's not okay i have to change um i think instead it's teaching your kids to be resilient to stand up to people that question their authentic selves Right. And I don't think that's the way we do it. We switch it around. And so let's put our kids first and our kids' authentic self first yes. over the opinions of random people that we don't even know. Right. 
which we do, we do that. Yeah. And so that's really important. And it's, it's stepping over this belief that is again, so ingrained, it's hard. And I'm even sensing people going and, and dads and moms. I mean, I've heard a lot of moms, boys don't cry. Boys mm -hmm. are tough. Boys, I don't want my boy being the cry baby because then people are going to beat him up. I don't want my boy being the sissy boy, right? Mm -hmm. But then we're telling him that you're the way that you are is not okay. Right. And so, then, yeah, go ahead. No, no. I was just saying, how do we address our own beliefs to realize how do we get over these hurdles of our own just set in stone belief of these gender discrepancies? Um, I try to address this issue a little bit in one of the chapters in my book, on my book too, is, uh, is how do we break the cycle and breaking the cycle. And, uh, and again, these are just my opinion. I'm just like my, the stuff that I'm doing with my son and uh, I'm seeing a difference. And how will it pan out when he grows up? I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to keep trying as long as I'm seeing some results. And so that's all we can do. Um, you have to take yourself out of your way, like their way. Um, when kids are born, uh, it's fresh. I mean, their minds, their mind is like clean slate yeah. and, uh, everything they're learning and we know this, this is not something new that I'm talking about. We already, everyone knows this, uh, you're a medical professional. I'm, I'm just an engineer. I just read all books and books and books and, um, Our narratives, the way we behave, are created either by definitely a huge part of our parents, right? I mean, that's the first people we get to hang out with or were raised by. And then our family members. Then we go out in the world, then school, teachers, and yada, yada, yada. And so the best way you can do it, you cannot control everything. I cannot control the outside people. I cannot control if there's a bully. I cannot control if there's another guy. And actually, there's something happened, and I'll come to that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and I, how, how I handle it with uh, my son, Rihan. Um, but you have to also understand, like, if you really want to, if you re first, you have to, as I said, like, I keep saying it, like, you have to be interested in making a change, just being there. That's not going to happen. You have to understand, do I want to break this cycle or not? Do I want to break this cycle of trauma? Do I want to break this cycle of boys don't cry and all that? Because at the end of the day, uh, like I'll tell you, and uh, and I talk to my mom too all the time. My mom, uh, my parents were amazing people, but there's my dad was like me, very rebellious. Just he will say what he wants to say. My mom was the person who wants to please people, mm. right? And um, growing up, I took a little bit more on my dad's side, and I'm still like him. And growing up in India in eighties and nineties, um, you know, uh, called the black sheep of the family, because, you know, you're just supposed to, kids are not heard, but seen, that's it. That's just basically the mentality of it. So do I have that in me right now? Yes, it is because I was raised by my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. I have to actively practice to keep that side controlled. Because otherwise, then again, I'm going back to a place where I'm really not living my life, but someone else's life and how they see it, how they observe it, how uh, people ask me like, hey, I mean, you know, all these uh, things you're doing, 
how's your parents uh, how do your family things i'm like i don't I, I didn't even ask them that's not their that's not my lookout i mean if they have to ask me they will, they can ask me but i'm just doing what i feel i should live my life like so that's the concept that that's so basically you are leading by example i'm leading by example so that's that's one thing that you have to first start working on yourself and there's no way around it then they will see it uh even if you don't uh the next step i would say is the best way we can do is really have them give them the um what's the word i'm looking for here uh resource give them the resource for someone else like if you think like hey you know what it's too much for me mm-hmm. and i i i i think like things are opening up now like going to coach a counselor a therapist there's all negative connotation to it i'm like wh- why are we making this all negative yeah just like you go to a doctor for your pediatrician for your health checkup your mind is in your body so yeah. yes you need that yes you need a kids coach if you need that if you think like you are incapable of showing that kid showing your kid how to be authentic and vulnerable take help you don't have to do it all yourself there are resources now and people are like oh i don't know what people are going to think again do you rather want people think about your kid and then your kid turning out to be what you just said you know like completely not trying to trying to where am i where do i fit in versus do you want your kid to be really independent and like make his own decision make her own decision and be their own self like saying i can do anything yeah and i can be anything i don't need to fit in in any box so that's the thing that you should really ask yourself anyone any parents especially should ask themselves like and you again you don't have to do it by yourself i'm not doing anything everything on my by myself i'm learning from books and all that's what i'm passing it on it's not all me it, there's always a community and there's always help and when the time comes yeah absolutely i would love to take him to you know like i told him like you know i wrote in my journal this is my vision like you know next 10 years i mean i, I me and him going to be at the same seminar of tony robbins like i want to instill that yeah. i don't want to wait till he is i found it when i after i was like 20 i want to instill that in him so yeah. again there there are help it's it's not like there's no help that's wonderful So Rish, we are already going a little over, but I love oh. this conversation. So before we go, I just want to let people A know how to find you and how to work with you if they want to work with you and then any parting words of inspiration you want to share with us. Um so of course uh, my uh, Instagram and Facebook page Dads and Deadlifts and uh my podcast is on seven platforms spotify itunes um dads and deadlifts actually your as i said right before uh this session your episode came out yesterday um, so check so, out my episode and um parting words um i think one thing i do tell people a lot and i i, I do that is based on your conversation you know uh, we need to start acting then talking Uh, our kids are w- watching us and that's that's one thing that we keep forgetting um so you can tell the kid like you know anything you want but they're really watching your behaviors your actions your deeds what you're doing so that's why just you know act more than you talk 
you know and uh, as i said like you know i don't just tell him to be fit i take him with me to crossfit and he works out with me um i don't just work i make him sit next to me and work on his uh fire tablet even if he's just playing around an interactive game of pepper the pig but that's still instilling a thing that hey an hour of focus is an hour of focus mm-hmm. uh, and uh and then don't just and this is one of the biggest thing that i learned is, is you know like don't tell them to listen first listen to them so yes so uh, th- these are the things that every anything i would say to any parents and anyone who's listening for sure thank you so much fresh and we're going to end on that and thank you again for joining me this has been a really fun conversation thank you for having me happy new year happy new year to you and that's a wrap thanks for joining me today on parenting teens with dr cam make sure to visit my website www.askdrcam.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.